What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 34 of the Having Report. The price of Bitcoin is about 11,500 US dollars or about 15,100 Canadian dollars. There are 1,295 days or 43 months left until the next Bitcoin halving. Today, we are interviewing longtime Bitcoiner Jan Klasowski to the show. Jan has built DeltaBadger.com. Delta Badger is a dollar cost averaging tool for Bitcoiners, and you can participate in this service by simply clicking the link in the show notes below. The service allows you to dollar cost average into Bitcoin on virtually any time frame for existing Binance, BitBay, and Kraken users. Let's jump right into the conversation with Jan. One of the first things I like to ask people is what is their Bitcoin stories and how you first hear about it and what is it that made you so passionate about it? Yes, yeah, so I've heard about Bitcoin uh, 2010 actually. It was the first Polish Warsaw hackathon. I don't remember the name right now. It's it's late, but uh, it was uh, it was a hackathon. There was a lot of geeky people around from around the world. So I've heard about Bitcoin. I didn't understood that at all, but uh, I got hooked in this technical aspect. Uh, it was uh, it sounded fun fun and uh, interesting and uh, there was this aspect of novelty and I followed uh, followed it but from a perspective of uh, this technical side let's say for a couple of years and around 2015 I started to be interested in investing and I was looking into different uh, things at the at the time I was learning about about stock exchange I was learning about different type of assets about uh, real estate and Bitcoin came back and from all those things I was looking at uh, I started to understand that while this Bitcoin looks really the mo- the most interesting from all those things and I started buying it and so. <laughs> That was basically my story. And at some point I was really excited. I was talking a lot about Bitcoin to my friends. What wasn't the best idea, I think, because later on everybody was asking me, is it the right time to buy? uh, Will it go up? Should I buy now? Is it too late? All those interesting questions, you know. So I think the first time I have this idea to to do this uh, dollar cost averaging service uh, like this uh, was because of that. Because the answer is always the same. You should do dollar cost averaging, but it demands discipline. Uh, it's not easy to follow. It's a simple strategy, but where the, when the time comes, uh, you need to follow your plan. You know, you need to stick uh, stick to your guns and 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 do uh, what you planned. Uh, and usually. When the price is falling, you need to sell. And when the price is uh, rising, you need to buy more. So it sounds easy, but from the beginning, I thought that automation uh, does make a lot of sense here and uh, can improve uh, how people implement that. Yeah, I definitely want to dive into your dollar cost averaging tool that you've built, but maybe just jumping back a little bit just so we can understand sure. you a little bit more. And can you tell us what your life was like before Bitcoin? I'm a UX designer, generally mm-hmm. a designer, but uh, I'm a UX designer more than 15 years now. So I, I grew up te- uh, like professionally, I grew up in a startup community. So I'm a geeky person. I wasn't. I was really. Um, I wasn't really money oriented. Let's say even five years ago, I was always interested in, you know, technology, uh, in doing cool stuff. Wasn't really that much into money, and uh, so that's why my story with Bitcoin um, 
reflects this as well. But uh, at some point, uh, I got to the point when I, I was kind of burned out as a UX designer. I thought that, okay, I'm still having fun doing that, but I'm not sure, sure if I want to do this in 10 years, in 20 years, and I need to have uh, a plan, like a plan B. So I started to look into other possibilities and I started to understand that I need to look into this uh, money thing, you know, <laughs> I need to think about investing, about planning a bit more. And yeah, that's why I uh, changed a bit my interests. And actually, uh, I dive uh, into investing uh, quite a lot. I found it really interesting and fascinating. And yeah, I guess now uh, it's my another hobby. <laughs> Right. Then when you discovered Bitcoin, you said you were more intrigued by the technical side of things. Was there something particular about Bitcoin? Because it's got so many different aspects to it. Was there one thing in particular that stood out to you that made more sense than anything else that just clicked for you? Yeah, there are a couple of aspects of Bitcoin that are really fascinating. I don't think I am an exception here. Uh, it's the fact that uh, the creator uh, is anonymous. And it, it's a technology with such a great impact on the world and the creator is unknown. It's just mind blowing. It just, there is nothing like this. So this itself, it's such a powerful story. I believe many people uh, fell for it. And I definitely, I'm, I'm still blown away by the fact. And not about, uh, how about you? What do you think about this? Because for me, it was from the beginning, it was the most powerful part of the story that this such a powerful technology, such a powerful invention, and we don't know who created it and there is still very passionate discussion about this yeah the fact that satoshi nakamoto nobody knows who that is i think that's very important aspect to being truly decentralized and i think why bitcoin will reign king supreme in the cryptocurrency world for a long time to come so i, I totally agree with you there and right. i think many more aspects of it uh when, yeah when yeah, yeah but but decentralization, for example, um, the fact that we don't know creator and that, for example, the uh, the owner of um, a lot of uh, coins mining at the beginning uh, is unknown and he didn't move those, those coins. It really helps the centralization aspect of Bitcoin. It's something that many other projects uh, lacks. Yeah, actually, that is something that I tend to overlook is that those original coins have never been moved, right? So when you have people coming out claiming to be Satoshi Nakamoto, like Craig Wright, and saying that he's he yeah. has the key, but you can't access the funds, I mean, that would be the simplest. You would think the, the creator of Bitcoin would not lose their private keys, you would hope anyways. So yeah, no, that's very that's a very good point as well. Yeah, with, with decentralization, there is a, an aspect that people uh, often miss that, uh, and it's a, an initial um, distribution of coins, right? So with, with many projects started after Bitcoin, there was always this issue that they were hu hugely centralized. And Bitcoin is an exception because the, the biggest owner of coins uh, is actually an unknown and he didn't move those uh, those coins. And also when the project started, nobody expected, no, nobody treated it uh, seriously. So people uh, involved early they wasn't really meticulous serious about about keeping uh, the stashes so all projects coming after that was not really like that people were aware that uh, like those early mined coins are really pre precious so they really stay very centralized 
So, for instance, if the original coins held by Satoshi Nakamoto were to be moved, do you think that would change the project? If, But if people still didn't know who actually moved them, but if they actually moved, do you think that would change things? Not anymore. In fact, actually, Satoshi, uh, those coins uh, that are associated with Sa- Satoshi, um, I'm not even sure if it's uh, correct, but uh, this is actually not such a big uh, percentage of the whole of all Bitcoins in circulation, right? In many projects, owners of the project, like uh, some kind of a foundation or, or creator uh, owns over 50% of, of all, all coins. So comparing to that, those coins uh, usually, what, which we assume belongs to Sa- Satoshi is not su- such a big part of all coins in circulation right now. So I believe, yeah, the, it, it would probably move the price. But I think at the uh, at this moment, the project is so decentralized uh, that it wouldn't change in that much. It would probably change something to the to the story, to this legend of Bitcoin, right? But um, I don't think it would be uh, deadly, right, for example. Right. That being said, do you involve yourself with any other altcoins at all? Or are you just Bitcoin focused? Yeah, so I'm a free market guy. I believe that people should have freedom to do whatever they want. I'm rather Bitcoin. I'm a Bitcoin guy. I believe that the monetary, the monetary aspect of Bitcoin is the most important for me right now. And uh, when it comes to, for example, projects like, like Ethereum, I cannot deny that people are using using it and it it has attraction and I don't think it will go away any anytime soon so maybe from a purely speculative investing perspective maybe it's a good investment I don't know I think that it's such a complicated project such a complicated space I don't have enough knowledge to really evaluate uh, a lot of things going on in the Ethereum space. I think I understand Bitcoin much more and I understand the value proposition is much clearer to me. With smart contracts, I see, I definitely see that people are using it and I, I see that there is attraction. So I cannot deny that, but I guess I'm not really, maybe I'm not technical enough to understand everything going on there. So I rather, I'm staying away. But at the same time, I believe that people can do whatever they want. For example, I like privacy coins. I like Monero. It's fine. And I don't think there is uh, something fundamentally wrong in having your own altcoin. That's fine. I believe that it may be a problem if um, people like, for example, creators are trying to mislead audience with, uh, I don't know, maybe too bold uh, statements, but I'm okay with altcoins. I'm just not into them that much. Yeah, no, I definitely can relate to that. I mean, it's such a complex space. Understanding Bitcoin is difficult enough for the average person, never mind trying to understand each and every single one of them. But like you said, though, they're very interesting. And I'm also uh, a fan of you know, competition, especially in this space. So maybe just dive in a little bit more into uh, your DeltaBadger.com. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and how it works? Yeah, the Delta Badger is a dollar cost averaging bot for cryptocurrency exchange. I I rather use the words like uh, service tool uh, or an app. Uh, I don't like the word bot because usually it's associated with some strategies, more active strategies. And uh, dollar cost averaging is very simple strategy. You can say passive strategy of in- investing, but it does just that. It automates buying Bitcoin on exchanges uh, right now on Kraken, Binance, and and uh, Bitbuy. And the funny part is with Delta Badger, you can you can uh, dollar cost averaging not only daily or weekly, you can uh, dollar cost averaging uh, hourly 
or even more often. The, the interesting part is that uh, I did some backtesting and basically the more often you do this, the better your result is. For example, on historical data from Kraken, when you do hourly dollar cost averaging, it outperforms daily dollar cost averaging by 1.5%. So it's not a huge number, but if you can do this, why not? Because of that and because of the fact that on Kraken, on, on exchanges like this, you generally have a have a great price for, for Bitcoin because fees are very low. Uh, because of that, I believe that with Delta Badger, we can probably get the, the best result with, with our cost averaging. When you, a user uses your platform to dollar cost average, there are their funds stored then with the exchange? Yeah, exactly. So I don't store any, any coins. Uh, you connect your exchange account uh, via API uh, using you generate uh, API keys and you connect them to the to the app and basically the app just manage, uh, ma- manages your your account right so it triggers transactions on your account but you need to have funds on your account and also the bot cannot uh, for example do a withdrawal uh, it can only buy or sell, sell coins so it's up to you what, what, what you do with them uh, next. And when did you launch it? I launched in, in January, but uh, at the beginning, it, um, yeah, I, I had users from January, but uh, at the beginning there was a lot of mist- uh, a lot of small bu- bugs. I need to fix them. So it's like growing slowly. It's not my full-time job right now. I still have, I'm still involved with other things. So it's growing slowly, uh, but steady. I have uh, users, new users every week, every day sometimes. And yeah, I have paid users and people are quite excited about the pro- product. So I'm I'm really happy how, how it goes. Uh, with this pro- project, it's, uh, you know, it's a crypto project. So we cannot, for example, use any type of advertisement, uh, typical advertisement like Facebook, Google, twi- Twitter. Every ba- uh, everybody bans uh, crypto businesses basically from, from ads. So it's growing organically. And, and I'm really happy uh, with that because uh, I'm getting a lot of feedback on the way so I can improve stuff. And uh, I think it's getting more and more ready for a bigger audience. Well, it's really great to hear. I, I'm, that's exactly what I tell people too, is they need to dollar cost average. Like if, especially if they don't know anything about the space and whatsoever, but they're just trying to have somewhere to invest their money and, and have it appreciate in a, in a safe manner. I mean, dollar, ca- dollar cost averaging into, into Bitcoin and securing it is the best advice I personally think is is the best advice I can give them. So kudos to you for for building such a service. Uh, I think it's a great one. Now, what do you what do you think about investment strategy once you own Bitcoin? Do you you're a fan of hodling, or do you like decentralized finance where they'll give you an annual percentage like BlockFi or something like that? Yeah. I think you can play with BlockFi, but I believe that the biggest value of Bitcoin is the store of value, and uh, I believe that hodling is the is the best thing you can do with your Bitcoins, at least with majority of it. You should hodl, and um, I think a lot of people, because our economy is so uh, inflationary, a lot of people are not really familiar with the idea of uh, having, you know, savings and <laughs> holding anything basically so bitcoin is kind of a gateway drug to this concept that you can have capital right now we have we are living in a world when you are endorsed to spend your money as soon as you as you get them and and even get uh, debt you know on your credit card a mortgage and basically people are quite often i don't i'm not sure how is how does it look in us but in poland a lot of my friends do not have uh, big savings so I, i'm happy that bitcoin is in the 
in, in this landscape right, right now. And I see that many people like myself, by involvement, involvement in Bitcoin, they are learning about money a bit more and about the power of having your personal capital. And I believe Bitcoin is a great uh, way to store your capital. Now, where do you see Bitcoin on a macro stage You know, in the, in the coming years? Do you see it as uh, an ex- existential threat to the central banks? Do you think this is something that's going to take place? Or how do you see governments reacting to mass adoption to cryptocurrency, mainly Bitcoin? Bitcoin. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Um, so I don't expect Bitcoin will create some kind of a black swan event, hyper Bitcoinization, for example, overnight. I believe this process will be very slow. And I believe that both politicians and central banks basically react to reality. Uh, so I'm not sure how it will happen, but uh, I believe Bitcoin will be more and more important over time. And I'm not sure if it will ever reach the level of being like a global currency or where you have just one currency and everybody is using Bitcoin. Uh, not sure. I'm not sure if it's possible, but surely it will be more and more important. I believe it will reach at least the status of gold or maybe even bigger. And that alone is already a big success. And I believe that I'm not really a maximalist in a way that you should hodl just Bitcoin and you should be not interesting, interested in anything else. Uh, I believe that it's good to have a choice. And Bitcoin is one of those things uh, right now you have in your arsenal. You can have real estate, have gold, you can have money if you need some cash to spend it uh, on your daily needs. But you also have Bitcoin and it's kind of, a, first of all, it's a diversification uh, but on the other hand, it's just a choice. So I'm okay with people having different uh, ideas and different choices. I believe it's smart to have a significant portion of your savings in Bitcoin, at least 5%. But I, I would advise, to my friend, I would advise more. But for somebody who is not interested in Bitcoin that much or maybe or don't understand it, maybe 1% is a good place to start. I don't think it's smart to don't have any. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And again... If you're new to the space, five percent is is a lot of money that you could potentially lose. It is, if, it if, is. If, you, if if you don't know what you're doing, there's no reversing transactions in Bitcoin, so it's it's very unique in that way. So and that's but what on the other need. hand, because mm-hmm. that, that's interesting. For example, one percent of Bitcoin. If you if you have ninety nine percent in cash and and you add like one percent of Bitcoin, it really it doesn't make your your whole portfolio more risk. Actually, the opposite. Because what what is the the, the worst scenario? Bitcoin goes to zero and you lose one percent. It's almost nothing. But the best scenario, Bitcoin goes ten times and you you are plus ten percent. Right. So so it's like uh, it's really asymmetric bet. And it's not like you are making some yeah, like taking some huge risk. But at the same time, you are getting this exposure on the on, on this growth. But on the on the other hand, Bitcoin is kind of uh, insurance. Very a couple of scenarios where cash may, may may be less useful. And those are maybe a bit apocalyptic scenarios like some kind of a hyperinflation. Uh, maybe a war, maybe some other event. Yeah, I, I agree. This is probably not very, I don't think it's very probable. Uh, those scenarios are very probable, but at the same time, uh, Bitcoin is an insurance. So it costs you just 1% on actu- or actually even less because I don't believe Bitcoin would ever go, go to zero. 
So it, it costs you this very little fraction of your capital and you are basically securing those particular scenarios, right? So so I believe this insurance aspect of Bitcoin is also important. What do you think is the biggest thing to happen in the Bitcoin space this year? Well, the, the thing is right now, I don't think, um, I don't see any spectacular events on the horizon. I, I, I see the space very healthy. I see that all fundamentals of Bitcoins are, uh, Bitcoin are growing. I see a lot of people dollar cost averaging. There is a lot of competition in the space of services uh, doing that. And I think that's very healthy because dollar cost averaging is a great foundation for the future growth of Bitcoin because those money, uh, people dollar cost averaging are not um, speculator buying on one day and selling on the another. They're usually moving coins uh, away from exchanges and uh, they are long-term oriented. So it's very, very healthy kind of uh, investment. And on the other hand, uh, I see how Lightning Network is growing, how the number of transactions on the network uh, is growing. And I see uh, new technologies are coming to the to the Bitcoin, like uh, Schnorr signatures and, and taproots and other uh, interesting stuff. So I believe it's healthy, um, basically, in all aspect, uh, aspects of of it. So I don't see any, after halving, I don't see any particular event that may trigger some, some big move. I believe it's it just healthy and I expect it will grow. But first of all, I'm, I'm really happy that um, Bitcoin grows uh, as a technology and as a use case. And I believe the price will follow. You, you mentioned the halving. We just went through the third having uh, in May of this year and you know around this time is usually if I'm not mistaken is usually when the supply and demand economics are fully realized yeah, so are you expecting a bull market in the next 12 months like many others in this space are yeah I think it's more likely than not however I believe that um, we like to project past into the future uh, it doesn't work like that usually usually it doesn't work uh, uh, with halvings actually we don't don't have that much data samples. It it, it was just uh, which one third third one I think it it was yes. third one. So statistically, it's irrelevant that twice uh, that we have twice having a bubble mm -hmm. after that. It might be uh, this time. This time may be different. Also, I believe that right now, um, like with every halving, the significance of of the supply drop uh, is smaller and smaller because uh, it's like a smaller portion of all coins in the circulation. So right now, I believe the events, for example, the events triggering big movement, big price movements uh, have very different nature, rather spe speculative, some big funds are moving coins or maybe some some scams like the the famous infamous uh, plus scam from China. So yeah, I don't know, uh, but generally I see that the space is very healthy. As I said, I see more opportunity for grow uh, in the fact that many people are, are dollar cost averaging, for example, and it's such a powerful meme right now. Because with uh, with investors, with speculators, the problem is they are buying and they are selling, right? So, but but with those dollar cost averaging people, uh, they are buying long term. This is something that removes coins from circulation. So, I I really I'm looking in uh, like in that direction. Um, 
with with hope uh, when it comes to to the future price uh, movements. But uh, when it comes to halving, obviously it was a very important event. The uh, the supply uh, dropped, so uh, I expect I expect it will still have an influence. Now, where do you go when you want to learn more about Bitcoin? Do you have any people or websites that you follow in particular that you'd recommend to myself and other people? Yeah, that's getting harder and harder question uh, for me because. Um, I'm kind of a, I don't want to say I'm a, I'm an OG, but I'm in the space for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm overloaded with information. So I don't really follow very like too much basic stuff. I would probably, mm -hmm. um, direct people. What, what was the website? Oh, for example, I love, uh, what Bitcoin did, but podcast i think right now uh, it's probably a good place to to learn there was a couple of great uh, podcasts in the past right now i think what bitcoin did um, is like a great place to get educated the problem with bitcoin is that it's really complex topic and you can find many explanations of bitcoin on many websites in many on many youtube channels but it's not really enough to understand the complexity of the topic so it's really like a rabbit hole and you need to read and listen and learn and uh, absorb this knowledge and it, it's up to you basically how deep you want to go right now there is plenty explanations uh, of fundamentals but um, to really understand what is going on here you need to invest much more time did you want to make any final comments or have any questions for me yeah so i have a question for you like what maybe what what was your story how did how did you started your podcast what was your motivation that's interesting well i became very passionate about bitcoin and doing a podcast was one of the only ways i found i could contribute to the space as i'm not a developer myself i you know i've learned a little bit along the way but it's not i, I didn't grow up learning learning code so but it's something I aspire to now so, but I can feel like I can decently speak on a microphone I feel like I can write up some notes and I know how to edit audio and video so I just put these skills together and being able to go and talk to people like you uh, that have been around in the space for a long time different people is very educational for me and so I, I have a great time doing it and this is one of the ways I feel like I could contribute to the space and try to keep it dense and valuable worth coming to and listening to and, and keep it dense with people in here and I, you know, I spend a good a lot of time on on the editing making sure you know i'm not wasting people's time so yeah that's, that's amazing it's mm -hmm. amazing I, I i love that people um that a lot of people want to contribute and it's like uh this, there is something in bitcoin story that people want to be involved want to want to do something uh themselves and this this is very i i believe it's also important for for me i wanted to do something and i'm not, not a programmer i cannot uh for example contributing the bitcoin repository i would love to but i'm not that technical so i wanted to do something um, for others and contribute in some way so i definitely i can relate to that it was great yeah no and, and like i said that's dollar cost averaging as soon as i saw that that always brings a bell to me because i feel like that's some of the best advice you could give people when coming into the bitcoin for for the new user anyways so yeah, yeah. and i want to say one more thing that i really did this at the beginning i did this for myself and friends for for myself because I wanted to have my own project and I wanted to do something fun with Bitcoin and I wanted to contribute somewhere in some way and for friends and family because I was constantly asked you know when to buy is it the right moment is it too late so I wanted 
to have some kind of a place where I can direct people with all those questions. Well, I think you're doing something really great. I'll definitely add all your links in my show notes and do a shout out once the episode is ready. Do you mind just letting us know where to follow you? Yeah, I think Twitter is great. You can easily find me on Twitter. I have a very short Twitter handle, K-L-O-S. So it's easy to, to find me. Great. Thanks again, Jen. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to episode 34 of the Having Report. I'm Brad Mines, your host. Please like, share, comment, and show love for the show. We'll see you next time.